Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. A couple of days ago, when we started the week, we talked about the college football board and how the week would begin on a Wednesday night with Coastal Carolina at Appalachian State. And I was so excited for it because I love early week football. Great. You know, I love a little action on Tuesdays, pitch games on Wednesdays. And I used to, I used to love the old Big East uh, weekday schedule as well. Uh, so it's exciting. But I mentioned this game early on because the line was three and a half. And I wondered just why. Why it was so low. Was there something that I didn't know about this game? Well, now the line's up to five. So plenty of money coming in on Coastal Carolina, as a lot of people, I guess, may be agreeing with me as why the line was so low. Coastal Carolina is five-point favorites now at Appalachian State, and these two teams have combined to win the last five Sun Belt championships. And Coastal beating App State for the first time last season. In fact, Coastal's won their last seven straight road games. However, they have never won at Kid Brewer Stadium, which is the home of Appalachian State. They are 0-5 on the road at App State. So that is very interesting. That this game, you know, probably means something big. It's not just obviously big for the standings in the Sun Belt, 
where uh, a win for Coastal would pretty much you know lock things up. A win for App State would pull them even with Coastal and Troy, and they would have uh, tiebreakers. So good for them. And but maybe this game for Coastal is about getting a monkey off their back, winning in a place where they have never won. And this is a team that, for the second straight year, is ranked in the top 25. For the second straight year, is starting the season off with an undefeated record, and um, you know, hoping that this is uh, the year that they find themselves, you know, earning a little bit more respect. You know, last year they go undefeated, and they play in the Cure Bowl. The FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Great game, by the way. They lose in overtime to Liberty, and that was uh, Malik Willis, and, and that Liberty team was so good. I mean, that was last season, I mean, that was an incredible bowl matchup because Liberty was 10 and or 9 and 1 at that moment. Their only loss was the close game at NC State. I had them plus the points in that matchup. They were 9-1, and one, and it was just a great bowl matchup. It wasn't a marquee bowl game, though. Great bowl matchup, not a marquee game. So Coastal gets put in that matchup because, hey, that's the matchup that you know people wanted to see. Um, but this year, Coastal hoping that the fact that they're ranked 14th now, and they were ranked 12th at the end of the year last year, that maybe they find themselves in the top 10. And is there a possibility to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game? Because let's say Cincinnati gets into the college ball playoff. Does the What does that do for the group of fives New Year's Six, uh, New Year's Six Bowl bid? Because the highest ranked group of five team would get a New Year's Six Bowl game. Currently, right now, that is going to be Cincinnati. But, like I said, if Cincinnati gets into the college football playoff, the next highest group of five team right now is Coastal Carolina. So Coastal playing for a lot this season. They have App State, Troy, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Texas State, uh, South Alabama, and then the Sun Belt title game. They will be favored in every game they play, and they should go undefeated. This game against App State does mean a little bit more for them because, like I said, a place that they have not won in their, in their tenure. And App State, maybe last week's game was the ultimate look ahead. That they were looking ahead to this matchup because they got the doors blown off them by Louisiana. And they were, man, the the four turnovers in that game, it was just, they lost it from the get-go. It was embarrassing. I mean, what a disgusting, it was like 20-3 to at the end of the first quarter. And so maybe it was a game where they were clearly looking ahead to Coastal and we're probably going to see a different Appalachian State team than what we saw in that matchup uh, last week against Louisiana. But there's 
to me, no reason why you shouldn't back Grayson McCall and this Coastal Coastal Carolina team that is just averaging 48.8 points per game, only allowing 15 points per game. They average 554 yards of offense. They only allow 281 yards defensively. Uh, The yards per run numbers are just ridiculous with this team. Um, You know, they have a bunch of their running backs right now. And it's not just their running backs. It's really the entire team. Uh, But uh, they have a bunch of running backs. They share a lot of carries, right? Shermari Jones is averaging 8.9 yards per carry. Reese White averaging 7.7 yards per carry. Braden Bennett averaging 7.2 yards per carry. Like, these numbers are ridiculous. If you can run the ball and you're averaging over 7 yards a carry, you're never punting. Grayson McCall this year is completing 79.8% of his passes. He's completing like 80% of his passes. He's thrown 14 touchdowns to just one interception. He's only been sacked four times on 109 dropbacks. Or, well, 109 pass attempts. There's been other times where he's dropped back, but he's, you know, obviously rushed. He's got 32 carries on the year. So this Coastal team is just a buzzsaw right now. And uh, there's a reason why the line has moved, and they are laying five on the road to Appalachian State. I'm not worried about the uh, the line movement there. Uh, taking a look at some other lines in your top 25. This is, like I said, an interesting week in college football. It's something that we talked about uh, ad nauseum so far this week, how you had four ranked opponents that are underdogs in their matchups this week. Four ranked opponents that will be underdogs this week. It starts with number eight, Oklahoma State, a seven-point underdog against Iowa State. A touchdown underdog for Oklahoma State against Iowa State. Just absolutely wild that they're a touchdown underdog. And Iowa State right now, minus 115 on the DraftKings Sportsbook at minus seven. Number 10, Oregon, is a two-point underdog at UCLA. Now it's two and a half. So Oregon, number 10 in the country, two and a half point underdogs at UCLA. Number 22, San Diego State, three and a half point underdogs at Air Force. Three and a half points underdogs at Air Force for number 22, San Diego State. I mean, this is just wild to have all of these uh, ranked teams as underdogs uh, in their games. Number 25, Purdue, is at home. So the, the first three that we mentioned were on the road. I can, I, can, I can understand it. On the road, right? Oklahoma State has to go to Iowa State. Oregon has to go to UCLA. San Diego State has to go to Air Force. Well, number 25, Purdue, is at home. West Lafayette, Indiana. They welcome in Wisconsin. And Wisconsin is a three-point favorite 
in that game. You are number 25 Purdue, and you are a three-point underdog at home to Wisconsin. A Wisconsin team that lost to Penn State, lost to Notre Dame, lost to Michigan, but has bounced back with wins over Illinois and an impressive win against Army. How will Wisconsin do now in this matchup at Purdue? Certainly, the running game and the lines would favor uh, Wisconsin, right? And the look-ahead line was much higher in this game than it was than it is now. So, <laughs> I, I guess that the way to go is with Wisconsin in this matchup. But this is just, to me, what a week in college football to have this many ranked opponents actually be underdogs in their games. Four ranked opponents. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if all four lost. <laughs> like, uh, which, which, which ranked team are you taking the points with? That's going to be the question that you have to ask yourself come Saturday. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, I'm going to get back into the NBA as we recap what went down here on Tuesday. Take a look ahead at some futures that I like. One of my favorite ones, already off to a good start. It's the look ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Back here on the look ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSN, the sports betting network. The NBA season tipped off on Tuesday evening with a double header. It was the Milwaukee Bucks getting their championship rings, celebrating the uh, season that was last year. And beating the Brooklyn Nets in style, 127 to 104. And then the Warriors beating the Lakers in L.A., 121-114. What a sports day in L.A., by the way. Go to the Dodger game in the afternoon and then go to the Laker game at night. A little double dip action there in L.A. Uh, What an exciting day. Would have been better for L.A. fans if the Lakers won. But the Warriors uh, certainly played tough and came away with a big victory there at the end. Uh, but one of my favorite totals or, or future bets this season uh, is one that we talked about with uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, our guest who will join us coming up next segment. Um, under 56.5 wins for the Brooklyn Nets. Just felt that it was just way too high. And they were the highest win total on the board. And I loved taking the under. And it wasn't because I thought that they were going to, they weren't going to play hard or they were going to lose a lot of games. It's just because I felt that, you know what, they know they're making the postseason. And yes, there's going to be nights during the season, marquee matchups, primetime games, nationally televised games, where they'll ball out. But most of the time, there's going to be a lot of games that they'll just cruise. And there'll be games where players might take nights off and they're going to lose games as a favorite and... It is what it is. They're just going to accept it. Knowing that the goal is to be healthy come the postseason. And whatever that is going to take, that's the job. That's that's what they're going to do. So I felt that going under their win total was a smart play, thinking that there was going to be times during this season that they would kind of take it easy a little bit, uh, especially you know early on. And they're off to an 0-1 start, so... I guess I feel okay about that under to start right now. Uh, They lose 127 to 104. We got a full slate on Wednesday. Lots and lots of games to go through on this board. The action, everything is at night. So the the first game is the first games are at seven o'clock Eastern time. You got Charlotte laying two points at home to the Pacers. The Bulls are five point favorites against the Pistons. The Knicks, two-point favorites against the Celtics. Who would have thunk? Uh, Toronto, two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Wizards. Memphis, seven-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cavs. Minnesota, five-and-a-half over the Rockets. The Sixers, dealing with a lot of turmoil. Oh, man, the latest story, Ben Simmons getting thrown out of practice because he didn't want to do uh, defensive drills or whatnot. Um you know, he was practicing with a cell phone in his pocket the other day because apparently he didn't have a locker and didn't want to put his phone in his shoes or something. I don't know. 
that just there's a lot going on there. Anyway, Sixers are laying three to the Pelicans. The Spurs are five and a half point favorites over the Magic. The Jazz, the highest favorite on the board, a 12 point favorite over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Phoenix laying six at home against the Nuggets. And Portland is five point favorites over the Kings. Now, you have a couple of bad teams that are in action. Teams with the lowest win totals. The Orlando Magic had by far the lowest win total uh, on the board. The five teams that had the lowest win totals projected. The Orlando Magic, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Detroit Pistons, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Houston Rockets. Uh, Right now, you look at the Magic, and they are five-and-a-half-point dogs to the Spurs. The Oklahoma City Thunder are the largest underdog, 12-point dogs to the Jazz. The Pistons, the Detroit Pistons, were uh, five-point dogs to the Chicago Bulls, the improving Chicago Bulls. Cleveland is a seven-and-a-half-point underdog. That's the second-highest line of the night. Seven-and-a-half-point underdog to the Grizzlies. And then the Houston Rockets... um, where are the Rockets are five and a half point dogs to Minnesota. So no surprise, those teams are going to be underdogs in the majority of their games this season. And I think those are the teams to pick on, right? So it's not just backing the good teams, it's picking on the bad teams in the NBA. And we've seen it in the past. I mean, last season, when Oklahoma City went on that ridiculous losing streak, like they were, it just they were trying to lose. Uh, it was a point of you know I made a point to remind people just keep picking on them, and so that's it. You're picking on the bad teams as much as you're betting on the good teams. So the bad team to pick on, who covers the line? Like which which bad team are we picking to get? Like the Jazz are the Jazz going to blow out the Thunder? Twelve points? They going to blow them out? Spurs over the Magic, T-Wolves over the Rockets. Uh, Are we going to go with the Grizzlies over the Cavs? Bulls at the Pistons? Honestly, the game that I think would be the move here is the Bulls. The Bulls laying five against the Pistons. This line has moved, actually. Because it was, I believe, at three, and then it went to three and a half, and I th- now it's gone even higher. The Bulls have a much improved roster, and the Pistons are expected to be bad, right? But the Bulls, really, this is about the Bulls. This is about the Bulls who are looking to make a statement here as a resurging team. You have uh, Alonzo Ball now, right? And that's certainly going to make them uh, better. You got um, Zach Levine. So let's look now. Let's look at this Bulls projected lineup as we look here. I would say it's going to be DeRozan, Levine, um, Ball, and let's see. 
Yeah, I would say Levine and DeRozan together. Uh, Patrick Williams. Like, is he going to be the starting power forward? Um, I guess possibly. Nikola Vucevic. I mean, this is a this is a much better roster. This is a much better roster than than they had last year. This is definitely an improved team. So I'm going to back Ball and DeRozan and Levine and Jones and Vucevic and Williams against this bad Pistons team. Although I am very interested to see what um, Cade Cunningham looks like. This is a guy who was a clear-cut number one overall pick, right? How does he transition to the NBA this early point of the season? I'm very curious to see how well he does early on. Uh, Is it going to take some time? Are teams going to key in on him? Um, Well, He's not even playing in the opener because of an ankle injury. But I'm curious just overall with this team, I guess I should say. Uh, That news came out earlier on Tuesday that Cade Cunningham is not going to play in the opener. So I guess that's the reason why the line moved so much. But um, I'm very curious about this kid. He hasn't played in a game of significance, if you will, since college. I guess the Summer League. If you want to go back to the Summer League, um, but you would expect there's going to be a little bit of a rust factor. I just, I'm very curious with a guy as talented as he is, how long it's going to take him to adjust to the game. How long is it going to take him to get into the swing of things and become the player that the Pistons are expecting him to be? that the fans are expecting him to be. Again, you're not going to see him in the opener against the Bulls. Probably going to see him maybe in their second game, maybe or their third game. There's no rush to get him in, but I would, I just, I loved watching this kid play at Oklahoma State, and I really would like to see, you know, I'm curious to see what he does here in the NBA. So that's a game that I think we should uh, pick on, is let's pick on the Pistons especially without Cade Cunningham. Let's pick on the Pistons, and we'll go with the Chicago Bulls, and we'll lay the five points on the road as the NBA pick for Wednesday. How does that sound? Uh, We'll ask Jonathan Von Tobel about that, our NBA analyst. He knows more about the game than I do, and uh, he did a great job, and I I mean a great job, putting together the VEASAN NBA betting guide, which you guys absolutely have to get your hands on. JVT will join me next. I'll ask him about picking on some of these bad teams early on in the NBA schedule. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. all the action this NBA season with the VEASAN Basketball Betting Experts. Grab your copy of the VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide now with strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategy and advice 
as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. And the man who did such a tremendous job putting together this pro basketball betting guide joins me now here on The Look Ahead. He is our senior NBA analyst, host of The Edge here on vcin. Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT, joining me now. JVT, what a, I just got to commend you again. What a great job you did putting together this betting guide. Just so much information in there. And, yep, one of the best bets, the total under in the Brooklyn Nets, off to a good start with a loss here on Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, right? You always like to see that happen. And, uh, by the way, uh, over on Milwaukee in the guide, too. So it's a, it's a double whammy there. Uh, but, no, you know, it's, it's fun to have the NBA back. I like sweating these things out. You like the volatility of the league and everything. So it was cool to watch some games tonight for sure. Uh, were you surprised by any result? Uh, you know, the Bucks winning as convincingly as they won over the Nets. Were you expecting a more competitive game there? Uh, I'm not necessarily. I mean, because there's a couple of things in it, right? One, Milwaukee was a little undervalued. You know, I had the Bucks plus one and a half. I had bet it about a week and a half ago and was expecting them to show out pretty strong, not only just playing at home and, right, getting the rings and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we have to, I think we forget, you know, Brooklyn, as much as I like them, yeah. They have a little issue defensively, right? They're not the best defensive team in the NBA. And against a really good team like Milwaukee, that was probably going to get exposed. And you know how these NBA games go, right? Once you saw about four minutes left, uh, the Nets punted pretty quickly. They benched Kevin Durant. They were kind of done. Uh, the Bucks left their guys in a little bit longer than the Brooklyn Nets did. Mm-hmm. So I think that led to the more lopsided score. But not too surprising that Milwaukee took care of business at home. Uh, in the nightcap, uh, one of the more popular player props that I saw online was everyone on the Jordan pool over. And uh, he hit it late with a, a basket, made him go over that 18 and a half. Uh, are you impressed with what you've seen from pool? And is this a player prop that we should be looking to attack moving forward? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, until the market adjusts. And I think because he's look, he's a legitimate most improved player of the year candidate. Uh, he is a legitimate six man of the year candidate. Uh, Jordan Poole is going to be a pretty good player for him. And if you looked and watched today very closely, they were running a lot of stuff for him as well. Like they're running plays to get him off the screens and get him open looks from three. They really trust him. He's going to be a really big part of their offense. And there was a point in the game tonight, too, where he tweaks his ankle a little bit on a drive to the basket. So what does Steve Kerr do? Call a timeout so he can actually get him right back on the floor and get him rested up and get that blood flowing in that ankle. So he's going to be a really big part of what they do to, uh, for this season. And I think like he's still viable if you're looking at some of those futures, too, in terms of six-man and most improved. Uh, it was something I wrote about in the guide. It was something I've taught, brought up with guys like Mitch Moss. But look out for Poole. He, he's set to have a really big year, and he's going to be a prime candidate. And by the way, the market moved really big on him as well. I think for six-man of the year, it went from like 30-1 to 1 to about like 10-1 to 1 or wow. so or something like that, depending on the market. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be a popular name to look forward to throughout the season. What would you make of this new-look Lakers team? Uh, work in progress, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's hard not to be uh, overly uh, enthused by what you saw. Offensive rating tonight, a 102.7. Uh, they really struggled in half-court situations. According to cleaning the glass, their half-court offensive rating was 86.3. That is not good at all uh, for those uh, scoring at home. They were good in transition, which is not surprising for a LeBron-led team. But look, Russ had his issues off ball. There was a lot of times where they threw it out to him, right, on the perimeter, and he claimed open jump shots. He's going to be better than what he was today. But I think you kind of saw everything that you didn't really like about this Lakers team today. It was a, it was a clunky half-court offense. It was a defense that clearly is going to be a little bit worse than it was in years past. And some shooting woes, I think, as well. When LeBron's not balling out, there's some lineups that you don't really like out there either. Like the Rajon Rondo, Russell Westbrook backcourt didn't hmm. love that either. So 
I think there's going to be things to work out, obviously. There's going to be times where they look much better. They're going to be a really good transition team, but this is kind of the worst of the worst for them, you know? Yep. Uh, let's talk about some teams that maybe we can pick on early on in the season. The five lowest projected win totals, JVT, are, are Orlando, Oklahoma City, Detroit, Cleveland, and Houston. Uh, would you say it's a profitable strategy to pick on these teams early on in the season? So so there's a couple of things. One, uh, I'm a little higher on a team like Detroit, right? Uh, than the others. Detroit is actually, and you'll really love the way the offseason went for them, and Kate Cunningham's not going to play tomorrow, but I think when you're looking at like a team like Detroit, they have a lot, I think, within them to be a little bit better than like the other bottom-dwelling teams. And the other thing working against you is, right, everybody knows how bad they are. So case mm-hmm. in point, Chicago opens up as a three-point favorite, up to a five-point favorite over Detroit, and that's after the news that Kate Cunningham's not going to play. So there's little things working against you, but they are going to be, I think, somewhat non-competitive as the season goes along, especially like a team like Orlando. To me, Orlando's like my lowest-rated team by far. I think they're worse than Oklahoma City. They're worse than Detroit. They're worse than Houston. And it's going to be a problem for Orlando, I think, for a while this season. Would you lay five and a half with the Spurs coming up on Wednesday? Yeah, you know, the fact that Kate Cunningham is not going to play, right? So you're kind of talking about a different situation. It opened three, but that was a line that, told us that Cade Cunningham was going to be available. So now that you're not Cade Cunningham and you're sitting on five, uh, that's a different situation. I tend to think no, mainly because uh, I'm, I come into this season kind of anti-Chicago, not in the sense that I think they're going to be bad, but I think they're going to be a pretty poor defensive team. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow, Kobe White's not going to play, and that's going to affect their bench. Their bench is really thin, and it's going to be a problem. So like, with a team with Chicago, where they're kind of a new thing getting put together now here too, right? That's not a team that has been together. This is a new iteration of Chicago. Yep. I would tend to sit back and wait because there's a high public opinion and power rating that might be a little too high, but I I don't want a piece of Detroit without Kate Cunningham. What about San Antonio going up against the Magic? Are we comfortable yeah. laying the points there? Yeah, I think San Antonio would be worth it. I think San Antonio is kind of undervalued by the market. You know, they were one of the uh, overs that I selected in the win total, uh, or excuse me, in the guide. I uh, have them over uh, in the NBA win total contest over at the Westgate. San Antonio's, uh, like, this might come as a shock. They're kind of an average team, actually. Even though the win total is like 29 and a half, yeah. and the market's really low on them, they're not terrible. They added Doug McDermott, and their shooting's going to be much better than they were last year. There's some really good pieces in that backcourt. And like I said, Orlando's bottom of the barrel for me. So, yeah, like five and a half still sitting out there. That opening number, wouldn't say no to it. JVT, the Knicks are two-point favorites to open up the season against the Celtics. Who would have thunk it? The Knicks uh, sitting here as the favorite here. But uh, what are we expecting from the Knicks this year? Yeah, and I think so they moved from a one-point favorite to a two-point favorite. I think this is because Jalen Brown is questionable. But Ime Udoka actually came out the other day, so he accepts or expects that Brown is going to play tomorrow. Uh, so I would expect that once that's officially announced, that comes back down to one. So I think that's the market kind of hedging toward maybe Jalen Brown not playing, uh, but it does seem like he's going to. So with that, um, look, I think they're due for a bounce back, like toward the pack. If you looked at what the Knicks did last season, it was really good, right? Covered over 60% of the games, by far the best cover rate. They were a very good surprise when, you know, over 10, 10 games over 500. But there's little indicators that suggest that this team is due for a fall back down to earth. You know, one of the things that bugs me, Scott, is like a data nerd and a numbers guy, is it's a team that ranked first in opponent three-point shooting, and yet they allowed the most open look, wide open looks. So I'm talking about defenders six feet or farther away. The highest rate of wide open looks from three allowed defensively in the NBA. Like, those two things don't really jive, and yet they did for a season. 
And then you look at other things, Julius Randle having an insane career year in six, seven different statistical categories. Is that sustainable to go from a 30% three-point shooter one year to a 41% three-point shooter the next year, right? That's a really wide range of variance. I just think that this is a team, now that the market has caught up with them, now that the power rating is up there, now that we're talking about a win total of 42, 43 and a half, that's a lot to ask, I think, for the Knicks in an Eastern Conference that has gotten better. So I think they're still probably a playoff team. But if you're talking about win total, I took them under the win total contest, have a win total under on them as well. I think they're due for a regression of the markets a little too high on it this year. Okay, uh, maybe a little bit too high, you know, because of Kemba Walker and, and Fournier, mm-hmm. you know, giving them scoring and then people expecting the same type of defensive effort that they had last year. Um, I, I, I kind of like them at home here against the Celtics, especially if Jalen Brown doesn't play. Uh, but I'll keep an eye on that one. Give me another pick if you have one for Wednesday's big slate. Yeah, so I laid two with Philly. Um, it's up to three. I wouldn't say no to land three, right? In the NBA, you know, in, in the in the NFL, point spread super tight. You want, you know, the best number possible. Yeah. You always want the best number possible. But in the NBA, you know, if you're off by like a point at the most, it, it's still not the worst thing in the world. So wouldn't say no to land three. There's two and a half actually the book that you're sitting at right now. So that'd be worth it. But look, I get it. Ben Simmons isn't playing. And this number was four and a half at the beginning of the day. And then Ben Simmons gets suspended. And now we're down to three. So you're telling me <laughs> that a guy who hasn't been with this team all offseason, a team that has been expecting to play without him. Who doesn't shoot. Right. <laughs> right, right. It just, they've been preparing to play without him. And on the other side, you get a Pelicans team that's not going to have Zion Williamson, and that's a really big blow. When he was off the court, they had a negative 5.2 net rating. I, I thought this was going to be a 5.5-point spread. So, yeah, 2.5, 3, I think that's perfectly playable. I laid 2, and, and again, wouldn't uh, wouldn't say no to you laying that 2.5 that's at Circa right now. Yeah, I think maybe the Sixers with that Simmons is addition by subtraction anyway. Uh, JVT, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining me. Again, great job with the basketball betting guide and look forward to chatting with you throughout the season. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. There he is. Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst here at VEASAN, also host of The Edge. You may want to make sure that you catch him there. And do yourself a favor. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. Make sure that you get your hands on the basketball betting guide because it will help you win money this season. You would have read that information about Jordan Poole and hit his over on the points total like I did, and you would have hit the under on the nets and, well, off to a good start with the one loss. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. 
What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. The parlay is in. But thanks to Jonathan Von Tobel, our NBA analyst, joining me here on the look ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSN, the sports betting network. I have put in the four teamer. You want to hear it? We're going with the Chicago Bulls playing the points against the Pistons, the New York Knicks. Playing the points at home against the Celtics. Gordon's going to be rocking on Wednesday night. I mean rocking. Absolutely electric. And if Jalen Brown doesn't play, it's a bonus. If he does play, I'm still not worried about it. Nick's going to win that game. Uh, we're going to go with the Sixers over the Pelicans and the Spurs over the Magic. If you were just to do a money line parlay with those four teams, uh, Sixers, Spurs, Knicks, and Bulls on DraftKings that plays out that pays out, excuse me, plus five ten. Let's go ahead and throw the Utah Jazz in there at minus uh, eight fifty. It doesn't change it much. It's plus five eighty two. If you want to do that, uh, that five team money line parlay, throwing in the um, the the Jazz doesn't do much, but just makes it from plus what I say. From plus 510 to plus 582, if you wanted to add those odds. Because yeah, I don't think the Jazz, as 12-point favorites, are going to lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So how about that? Little five-team little money line parlay, plus 582. Jazz, Bulls, Knicks, Sixers, and Spurs. Lock it up. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, just an exciting day, uh, you know, with the NBA first full slate of games on Wednesday. Um, obviously, the NHL season has been uh, off to an exciting start. Uh, I wanted to do a hockey parlay on Tuesday, and thankfully I didn't because it would have lost because the one game that I would have picked, which was the heaviest favorite of the four teams that I picked, 
That's the one that lost. The Canucks were a heavy favorite on the road at Buffalo. Buffalo improves to 3-0. Sabres win 5-2. So I stayed away from it, and I didn't hit it. I concentrated on the baseball which is uh, and the basketball, which was what we saw here on uh, Tuesday night. And so, let's see. Well, I like the, I gave you the basketball parlay for Wednesday. Do we come up with a baseball one? We have now a little bit clearer odds, if you will. Dodgers minus 220 over the Braves. Braves plus 180. The Red Sox minus 115. Astros minus 105. Total in the Astros Red Sox is nine and a half. Juice to the under at minus 115. And the Dodgers Braves is at eight. So those are the lines that are available for the Major League Baseball slate on Wednesday. Uh, It's flipped. The schedule's flipped. It'll be the Red Sox and the Astros uh, playing in the early game. Braves and Dodgers playing in the late game. And maybe it's good for the Red Sox playing in the early game, to be honest with you. You know, get yourself right back on the field after what was just a crushing, um, a crushing end of the game on Wednesday. You know, you had a 2-1 lead early on. And many opportunities to add on runs, but unable to do so. Like the Red Sox with runners in scoring position in this game were 0 of 9. They were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Conversely, when the Astros, and they didn't get the runners in scoring position until late, like most of the Astros' runners in scoring positions came in that ninth inning. They were 5 for 9 with runners in scoring position. 5 for 9. The Red Sox were 0 for 9. And so they had plenty of opportunities to add runs, but they they, they were unable to do so. Altuve homers and ties the game in the eighth, and it's 2-2 going into the ninth, and you give up seven runs in the ninth inning. That is as deflating a loss as you're going to find. And what would have been worse for the Red Sox is to, you know, find yourselves now marinating on that loss. Like, sitting here and having to you know, go to bed, wake up, get to the ballpark, or have, you know, have your whole day worry, thinking about that loss, and then you get to the ballpark, and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting to start the game. I think it's much better for the Boston Red Sox to rebound from that loss to go to sleep, wake up, go right to the ballpark, and play this game. I think it's much better to have that happen as opposed to you know, having to wait an extra three hours or so and have that loss marinate. So I know it's only a five o'clock start, but that means you're getting to the ballpark, you know, pretty early as opposed to an eight o'clock start or so and getting to the ballpark later. So I think it's better for the Red Sox to get to the ballpark earlier and kind of flip the switch and turn your attention to this game. Framber Valdez against Chris Sale. And uh, the Dodgers... Going to be Julio Urias against the bullpen day for the Braves. Is there any way to bet the Dodgers in this game? Because I don't think you can lay the 220. It really doesn't make sense. And do I want to put it in a parlay with something? I don't know. 
I can't in good conscience take the Braves at plus 180, even though it's a juicy line, but bullpen day against a Dodger team that's got this momentum after that big come-from-behind win, I think the way to play this is to go with the Dodgers team total. The Dodgers team total is four and a half runs. Can the Dodgers get to five runs? I think against the bullpen day, they can. Now, does that mean that we like the over eight? Yeah, you know, maybe that's that could be the play as well. Like, we could like the over eight. But, again, not necessarily banking on the Braves. I don't think I'd bank on, you know, both teams to combine to score. Like, can, can I see a five to three game or a five to four game? Yeah, we've had those before. I'd rather just not worry about getting those four runs from the Braves to hit this over. And I think I just look at the Dodgers and just the way that their offense has been quiet. And that win on Tuesday to come from behind to get the big home run by Bellinger and then the double by Betts to score four runs in that eighth inning, that might be the wake-up call for the Dodgers' bats. And I think that this could be a game where the Dodgers break out a little bit offensively. Doesn't have to be that high scoring, but just get me five. Just give me five runs for the Dodgers. Win the game 5-1, 5-2, Lose the game 7-5. I don't know, whatever. I think the way to play, the game, play this game would be Dodgers over team total of 4.5. Currently juiced at minus 120, by the way, on DraftKings. Uh, so, and, and I guess that I do like the over, so you can go Dodgers and the over. If you do a Dodgers and the over parlay, again, the minus 220 combined with the over, that's plus 177 if you want to go that route. But again, I, I think I'm just going to be comfortable just doing the Dodgers uh, team total. Now, I don't think you can do this on uh, DraftKings. But if you could parlay the Dodgers to win with the over team total, you can't do it. You know, beggars can't be choosers, right? But would be kind of fun because I do think the Dodgers win. I just don't like laying minus 220. That is such a high number. But when it comes to this team, and when it comes to the momentum, and when it comes to playing at home now, again, the Dodgers coming into this game, and this is why I love them coming into this game when they were down two games to none. The Dodgers had not lost three straight games since July. That's how good this team has been all year. They won 106 games during the regular season. Losing three in a row is extremely rare for them. Hasn't happened since the All-Star break. So that's why I love them so much to win in this game, and they had to do it and come from behind fashion. Maybe this game four is going to be a little bit of an easier win for them. But minus 220 is just such high uh, a line to lay, unless you're parlaying it with something. I think I'm more comfortable taking the Dodgers team total over four and a half, banking on them to score. 
five runs in this game. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. to bet smarter on Saturdays. VEASAN experts have you covered. We're tracking line movement, studying matchups, and finding value across all of college football every week. Whether it's betting the biggest rivalries or surprise underdogs, 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 or surprise underdogs. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.